Praise God. Amen. All right. Last Sunday, we began a series called Prepare, right? A three-week series called Prepare. And last week, we talked about preparing to be an instrument, preparing to be his instrument. Um, We spoke about uh, being fat for Christ, right? We spoke about being fat, faithful, you know, available, teachable. We talked about that. We talked that we, we, we looked at um, uh, the story, the conversation between angel, uh, the angel and Mary and, and how that went and how her response is an example to us, right? It's an example to us and how uh, it shows us how we too can be an instrument used by God. Do you want to be an instrument used by God? You know, that's, that's the question. Do you even want to? And so we saw her willingness and, and, and her story of how she uh, submitted to allowing herself to be used by God. Amen? Today's title is Prepare to Meet the Savior. So last night we talked about prepare to be used as his instrument. Today, today is prepare to meet the Savior. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Lord, I ask right now that you speak to us, Lord right now. Lord, give me words. Give me uh, your, ex- your exact words that you desire to reach your people with, Lord. Lord, help me, Lord, as, as uh, you use me this morning. Father God, I ask right now that you just uh, take this opportunity to really just speak to the hearts and to the souls of those that are watching today. Lord, those that may not have had an opportunity to meet you, Lord, that they meet you today. Lord, we need you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Has anyone ever prepared to meet someone famous? Someone important. Someone, you know, who, who was very prestigious, you know? You know, when we prepare to meet someone, when you know you're going to meet them, because sometimes you run into somebody, like, by accident, you're like, oh, my God, look, you know? But, but I'm talking about, like, when you know you are preparing to meet someone Famous, important, prestigious. You know, you, you kind of you start to do your homework, right? right? Let me find out as much as I can so that when I'm in front of this person, I have something to talk about. Let me, let me see all his, her, his or her accomplishments. Let me see all the things that he or she has been involved with. You know, um, 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 let, let me see, you know, what is this person capable of doing? What is the, the reach of this person? What's the power of this person? Like, like you know, and you start to kind of do all your homework. Do I have a book or a poster or a picture that I could have with me and just... Oh, I just happen to have this book. Do you want to sign it for me? Like, oh, I just happen to have this picture. You want to autograph it for me? Like, what are the things you do in preparation? Because when you know you're going to meet someone famous, when you know you're going to meet someone important, when you know these things, what happens is you want to be ready. You don't want to just, you know, happen to come in front of this person all of a sudden not be ready, not know what to say, not know what to do or how to act. It seems like a lifetime ago, but there was a time that I used to work for an organization that <laughs> was frequently visited by politicians, right? Um, they would stop by, and, you know, it was, it was all politics, you know? Uh, how can I help you? You help me. You help me. And stuff like that. I get it, right? But um, there, was, there was this particular politician that was coming to visit our organization, and this one just happened to be different. I mean, it, I mean it, it, it stopped everything. It stopped the presses, right? Okay, we need a plan. We figured out the date they were coming. Once we knew the date they were coming, we started to say, okay, who do we want to select 
from the organization to be in the room, you know, to be in the same room as this individual. Who do you want to select to be even at work, you know, because this individual is going to walk through the organization. And who do we want to just give them a free vacation day on us? Just stay home. You don't have to come into work this day. Just stay home, relax, you know, don't even come into work um, because, you know, we just didn't want to have a <laughs> just-in-case moment, right? Um, and so in addition to that, it's always like, okay, now what do they like to eat? Let's get it catered. Like, what do they like to eat? Let's, let's bring the food in, like, their favorite dish, their favorite meal. Um, we talked about, um, we even, I, I was even one of five people that was selected for a, um, a talking point, meaning we were given scripts, right? It's like, okay, these are the five projects this individual's working on. These are the five things that this person is pushing, right? What you're going to do is you're going to address this one, and you're going to say how great it is, and you're going to say how much you think it's going to be great for the community, you're going to be great for our people, and so, and so when we spaced it out strategically so that one of the five just happens to run into this politician. Oh, by the way, you're working on this, right? Oh, I think it's great. I think, and then it was my turn later. Oh, hey, you know, I heard about the, I think it's an amazing thing. And so it was all strategically planned. We had prepared ourselves as an organization to meet this individual and we were ready. And after all was done, after he was pampered and, and, and fed, we sat down at the end of the day like, oh, well, before you leave, there's this project that we were working on and we could really use your support. We could really use your help in raising funds. We could really use your help in, in getting people around this. So um, why don't you give it some thought after we had served this individual hand and foot? We were prepared on that day to meet this individual. We went all out. Although we didn't go all out as Philly went all out when the Pope came. I'm going to tell you, listen, listen, I'm, I'm not like, and I'm, listen, I'm not, Knocking the guy or anything like that. I know that he's a very, very uh, uh, important individual to many people. I'm just saying that this city was ridiculous when the Pope was coming. I mean, the city had began to, what, what be a month in advance preparation? I mean, there was a point that when the Pope was here, we had Philadelphia cops. We had state police. We had military. We had the Pope's private security. We don't even get that when the president comes to town. Couldn't, some gas stations were closed, stores were closed, you know, you couldn't drive in certain parts. I mean, it was something out of this world. Philadelphia has never experienced that. Last week, we read about Mary. This week, we're going to talk about Joseph. Joseph. And when we, when we talk about Joseph, the, you know, we, we know that this is an interesting dude. This is a very interesting Bible character, you know, um, for the simple reason that he plays a huge role in Jesus' life in the beginning, very significant role in the beginning, and then he disappears. He disappears. But as, as a matter of fact, the last time you hear about, <laughs> the last time you hear about Joseph was when he and Mary had to turn back. Because they forgot their son. And they, had, they found him in the temple teaching. That's the last time we hear about Joseph. 
Perhaps God was like, you left my son in the, you know what, you're out of here. No, no, (laughs) no, no. Joseph plays a significant role in Jesus' life. How do we know? Well, Joseph was a carpenter. He obviously was the role model, was a mentor, was a teacher. Jesus became a carpenter, you know, um, after his earthly father. And what happens is we're seeing, you know, I know Joseph had a major part in the upbringing of the young boy of Jesus, right? Now, now, there's theories of reasons why we don't hear about Joseph, and, and, and if you haven't heard, you know, most people believe that he passed away before Jesus began his earthly, uh, earthly ministry, his, his ministry here on earth. And so that's the reason many people say we don't see Joseph anymore, or we don't hear from him. But I want to read this morning from Matthew um, chapter 1, verse 19 to 23. Verse 19 to 23, verses 19 to 23. <clears throat> Excuse me. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break up the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son. Well, I guess they didn't need to have a gender reveal. Boom. That's the original gender reveal right there. (laughs) And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Joseph seems like a good man. We read right here, he seems like a good dude, right? Like, you know, he hears, you know, Mary's pregnant, and he's like, oh, right. In his mind, he's like, you know what? I love her. I care about her. I care about her future. I care about her reputation. The word says that he's a righteous man. You know, he had all the right to say, you know what? She's pregnant. I don't believe her. She's got to go. She's got to be stoned. She cheated on me. She broke this, our commitment, our vows. She's got to go. But it said that he wanted to kind of like on the down low, just kind of like break up the engagement. Just kind of like let it go. Not say anything, not make a public deal about it. It showed his heart. It showed how much he cared for her. It showed the type of man that he was. He still cared for her feelings and her reputation. It's, more, it's very likely that Joseph was raised up well from what we hear of Joseph. He was raised up well. He was taught the traditions, the Jewish traditions. He was taught the laws. He was, uh, was well versed in his Jewish culture, right? He, he knew his, you know, the, the roles of a man. He knew his role in, in his home. He knew, he, he just knew he had been taught. He had learned. And there's no doubt 
There's no doubt that he too, because of what he knew, because of the law of the teachings and, the, and, and him knowing of the Jewish culture, there's no doubt that he had also been waiting upon the Messiah. He knew that the Messiah would one day come because that's what they were taught. That's what they were waiting on, the Jewish people, the Messiah to come. So he knew that and he had heard all the prophecies. He had all the prophecies and he knew that one day the Messiah would come. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine hearing about a spectacular moment? This amazing event that's going to happen. That's going to change the world. Today, let's say, let's say there was something in store for this world, this, this country. And we were saying, no, this is going to happen. One day this will happen. One day this will happen. It's going to change the way we live. It's going to change the way we look at the world. It's going to change our whole lives. One day, one day, and, and we grow up expecting this, man, this day is going to be amazing. This day is going to be, this, this is going to be an amazing moment in history. To then find yourselves right in the center of it. Right a part of it, like right in the center of it. Joseph had heard for years, for his entire life, he had heard that the Messiah will one day come. His entire life he had heard that the Messiah will one day come to save his people. And now he's being told that, <laughs> that he's going to be the earthly father to this Messiah. Woo. Man, that, that now after all these years, the Messiah is here in the womb of his fiance and that God is entrusting them both to raise him. Joseph is now going to be one of the instruments that God is going to use to come to, for it to come to pass. Instruments. <laughs> Believe it or not, many of us are like Joseph in a way. Very much like Joseph in a way. And I say this because many of us have heard about religion, right? Many of us have heard uh, about Jesus. We've been in church. We know somebody that's been in church. We, 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 we hear the radio stations. We see the TV, church TV. We see, we, we've been around long enough. We've heard so many things about God. We've heard so many things through our upbringing. There's so many people that have told us, that have taught us, that have warned us. I mean, we, we know all these things, right? To a certain point. There are many of us watching that are probably don't even have a relationship with God that know so much because of what people People have told them what they've heard on TV, what they've read for themselves, but yet they still don't have a relationship. You know, and the thing is, we've heard about Jesus. We've heard about his love. We've heard about his mercy. We've heard about his grace. And the sad thing is, so many people have heard all these things, but yet have made the step, have taken the step to personally meet the Savior. We're talking about meeting the Savior. Let's get ready to meet the Savior. We've heard so much about Jesus, but do you know him? Or have you just heard about him? 
<laughs> Yo, one of the things I hate the most, no, no, not hate. Hate is a strong word that we shouldn't use. Not hate. <laughs> one of the things I strongly dislike, one of the things that disturbs my soul is when I'm talking to someone and I inquire about somebody, like, hey, you know, um, hey, by the way, Vanessa, do you know uh, so-and-so? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Oh, great, great. Listen, um, when you talk to him next, let him know, oh, well, I don't, I don't, I don't really know him. I said, like, but you just, you, just, you just told me that you know him. Well, no, he's, he's a friend on Facebook. He's one of my friends on Facebook or Instagram. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but how did you, how did you, like, 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 how did you introduce yourself? Like, I mean, I'm, your friend's on Instagram, your friend on Facebook. It's like, oh, no, I've never even met him. I'm like, wait, first of all, how are you going to tell me you know him and you never met him? And then secondly, why do you have somebody on your Facebook that you don't even know? I don't know. I mean, I know that's a thing. I'm not coming at you if you're one of these people. Okay. I'm not coming at you. I'm just saying that, hey, if you are a friend on my Facebook, I'm going to know you. I'm going to have met you personally at some point in my life, right? That's one of the things that, that but, but imagine, but imagine just, oh yeah, I know that person, but you don't know. And that's how we are, some of us, that we say we know Jesus, but we don't, we never, oh, I've never really met him. He's a friend on my Instagram. He's a friend on my Facebook. I, I mean, I own a Bible, I own a Bible, so I, I mean, I know Jesus, right? That's how silly it sounds. When we say we know Christ, but we know nothing of him. We have no relationship with him. As we prepare to meet our Savior today, there's a couple things I want to talk about. There's several things I want to point out, right? First, we need to understand that God is at work in your life. If we're preparing to meet the Savior, we got to understand that God is working in us already. John 5.17 John 5.17 says this. 5.17. It says, But Jesus replied, My Father is always working, and so am I. Listen, listen. The Lord is always up to something. Many of us, we go through these ups and downs. We go through seasons in our lives, and we're like, man, God, where is God? Right? We say that. I'm guilty. Where's God in this? Where is God in my life right now? I need him the most, and right now he's not around. Where's God in this situation? I need him to come through, and he hasn't done anything about this. Where's God? He's not here. Sometimes we go through seasons in our lives, even as, as Christians. I'm talking as a Christian. We go through seasons in our lives that we, don't, we feel like we don't hear from him. I've been praying. I've been seeking. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't hear from you. We, we feel like, we, like oh, I, don't, I don't feel him like I, like I used to. I mean, I don't, where is he? And we say he must not. Man. He's at work at something. He's at work at something. He's doing something. He's doing something. I don't believe for a second, I don't believe for a second, for a second, that the choosing of Mary and Joseph was an accident, right? Was an accident. Like, you know, God was like, okay, 
Whoever walks by this spot at this moment, that's who I'm going to pick. And they just happen to be there, <laughs> right place, right time, right when God was deciding that would be the parents of Jesus. No, no. He chose them. He specifically chose them for a reason. What that reason is, we'll ask him when we see him. Like, I- I'm curious. Like, how did you come? I mean, how-, how did you choose these people? Like, what made you choose these people? You know, those are good convers- campfire conversations with God when we get to heaven. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, make a list. Make a list of all the things you want to, (laughs) all your campfire conversations with God. You know? But um, we don't know why, but he chose them. And the thing is, he chose them having everything already planned out. Knowing who, where, when, and the birth of Christ was perfect timing. Everything aligned. You know how like astrologists like, oh, the stars are aligning. No, in this case, the star did align. Amen? (laughs) God has been at work in your life as well. Some of us don't realize it, but he's been at work in your life. And some of y'all are making him work a little overtime because of your reckless lives, right? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no, not really. Not really. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Listen, listen, God knew you before you were even a thought. He knew you before you existed, right? And he knew and he arranged it so that you would be there right now, right here, watching at home, at living room, bedroom, kitchen, car, work, on your cell phone. He knew that you would be watching right now. He, uh, he arranged it. He arranged it so you'd be watching right now, listening right now. Hearing the gospel with an opportunity to meet the Savior. Philippians 2, 13. Philippians 2, 13. Man, I love Philippians. We're going through the book of Philippians as a church on Thursday nights. Listen, the link is on Facebook. It's on our website. I mean, I'm telling you, uh, our, our faith life, I'm telling you that if, if you want to study the book of Philippians, join us on Thursday nights. <clears throat> For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power, and some versions say strength, to do what pleases him. This was definitely not going to be easy for Mary and Joseph. This was definitely, and we already saw that Joseph was already on his way out. Like, you know, Joseph was already on his way out. He was not hearing it. He's like, you know what? I, 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 can't, I can't do this. I, I got I to quietly get away from this. But the intervention by God, by God working in them, what happens is he sends an angel and to both of them, and it's through the conversations with those angels, with that angel, right, that, that not only it gave them the desire to continue forward, but it also gave them the strength that they would need to follow through. Listen to me. Before that angel spoke to Joseph, Joseph was out the door. He wasn't having any part of it. But it was after God continued to work in him 
after God revealed himself to him through the angel, as he spoke to him through the angel, that he not only got desire, but the strength to follow through. There's moments in our lives that we're ready to bail out. Some of us are ready to say, I'm done. I don't need this in my life anymore. There's some of us that says, you know what? This is too stressful. This is going to cause so much drama. Because he was thinking, I don't need this drama in my life. And we are ready to hang it up and say, I'm done. And God is working in you right now. He's working you right now. And he's saying, listen, I'm going to give you the strength. I'm going to give you the desire to follow through, to push through. God is always at work in us, around us, and through us. He never stops. And the thing is, we have a choice to make in these moments when he's working in us. We could sleep through it, miss out on the opportunity. When God begins to open doors and God begins to lay things out before us, we can, we can, we can grab it or not. Those are simple. It's a simple choice, one or the other, right? You can receive what he's doing and what he's working within your life, or you can just miss out on it. You know, um, the question is, those that are watching, those that are listening, like, what are you going to respond to when he's working in your life? Are you going to say, yes, continue the work? Are you going to say, yes, I want to be part of what you're doing? Yes, use me, Yes. How many of us wake up on a daily? How many of us wake up saying, God, God, yes. I say yes today, Lord. Because I'm going to tell you a secret. Not every day you want to say yes. So there are days that you have to wake up, but you have to intentionally say, God, I am saying yes to you today. On a daily basis, I wake up, yes, I'm saying yes to you today. No matter the obstacles, no matter the trials, no matter the tribulations, I'm going to say yes to you today. Sometimes saying it out loud helps. You know, you, you gotta, sometimes we, we got to be our own cheerleaders, right? Get in front of the mirror. Listen, God, I'm talking to you, but I'm looking at me. God, I'm talking to you, I'm looking at me. You are saying yes today. Yes, continue the work that you've begun in my life. Continue it, Lord. The second point I need, I, I, we want to understand that as we prepare, right, as we're preparing to meet the Savior, our Savior, is understanding that God is truly providing us a Savior. And this is important. This is important because in this aspect, Joseph learned two things. He, he learned two very important things um, just in this conversation he had with the angel. He learned... Um, one, Jesus is the incarnate God. He learned this. Verse 23 says, he, they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, this, this is something that, 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 that people sometimes have a trouble grasping, understanding that Jesus is fully man and fully God. And then they confuse it. We'll say, well, I thought God is God. How is Jesus God? But this is a foundational to our walk with God, understanding that, God, that Jesus is God. 
Now, we can, we, this, this is something that we can turn into a whole study, a series of studies to get to really understand it and to, to bounce all the scriptures that support this. Jesus wasn't just a prophet. Jesus wasn't just a teacher. Jesus wasn't just a holy man. Jesus, our Savior, is God. Jesus is both fully God and fully man. He possessed all the qualities of a human being. Physically, emotionally, intellectually, yet he was incapable of sin. He was incapable of sin, born of a virgin, right? Born of a virgin and not having received, not having received um, um, his, uh, an earthly father's sinful nature. You get that? Because Joseph was not involved. <laughs> he did not inherit a sinful nature. He, know, he, he knows how to be human. He also possessed every attribute of God, from his omnipotence to his omniscience. omniscience. But you ask yourself, well, how, how did he limit himself? I mean, if God is everywhere, if God is all-powerful, if God is all-knowing, if God, how did he limit himself to, to a shell, right, a human shell, and, and then not be everywhere? I mean, Jesus was in one place at one time. I mean, how did, how, how did this happen? Listen. He never ceased to have the ability to do so. Like, he never, he never, it, it, it wasn't that he could not. It's that in his own choosing, listen to me, in his own choosing, it with his choice, he chose to temporarily, uh, to, to, to temporarily disable that, uh, that option, right? He never ceased to be God. If you look at Philippians, again, Philippians, great book. Chapter 2, 6, 8. 6 to 8. It says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling on. Let me, I'm, I'm going to read that again because I want you guys to understand this. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling on. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position as a slave and was born as a human being. And when he arrived in human form, <laughs> again, listen to this. When he arrived in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. So Joseph realizes that Jesus is the incarnate God. He then realizes that Jesus is heaven sent. Obviously God is saying, I am sending us my son. I'm sending a child. His name is going to be Jesus, my son. And, and, and he's going he's to be the savior. He's, gonna, he's, he's God with us, Emmanuel. I mean, he, he, he realizes that Jesus is heaven sent is the heaven-sent Savior. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus being heaven-sent, he came with a mission. 
He came with a mission. And his mission, this mission would glorify God. This mission was to preach salvation. And as he's preaching salvation, he would then die on the cross. And his death would actually accomplish salvation. He was here on a mission. Jesus came to redeem all mankind. So he had a mission, and on his mission, he gave us the great commission. John 20, 21 says again, he says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Jesus has commissioned his people to do the good work, to preach the gospel, to tell others about his saving power. And I got a serious question here. Don't raise your hands, those that are here. And those that are home, don't look at your wife or your husband and be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no, 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 don't, don't do any of that. This is just for you. And it's a serious question. When was the last time you told someone about Christ? No, 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 don't, listen, not when was the last time you told somebody you were a Christian? Not that. When was the last time you told someone about Christ, the Savior, the Son of God? When was the last time you told them about his unfailing love? When was the last time you told someone about the mercy of God, his grace? When was the last time? If the church, and I'm, if the church body, I'm not talking about us, I'm saying if the church body was on fire for God and passionately sharing who Christ is, what he's done, there won't be room in churches. Online will be the only option. Because buildings can't contain the people that would desire to know the God. Do you know? Don't you get it? We know a God and we keep him to ourselves. And there's people dying here. There's people suffering. And there's people getting like they're they're just lost. In their misery. in In their torment. And we know a God that can set them free. We know a God that can heal them. We know a God and we keep it to ourselves. We don't share it. When was the last time? Oh, well, you know, Pastor, we quarantined. We don't go out. We just go to the supermarket. Okay. There's people in the supermarket. And I'm not telling you to, get a, to be a fanatic. I'm not telling you to get a bullhorn and start screaming on the corner. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you that you engage with people every day. And I'm going to tell you right now, not everybody that you engage with is a follower of Christ. Oh, but that's my job. You can't mix it. Come on. We know. Oh, well, you know, in school they tell us, no, come on. They can't stop you from having a conversation with a colleague, a conversation with a, with a, with a peer. Lastly, lastly, um, the last point to understand is as we prepare to meet the Savior, 
is that God is inviting you to respond to his gift. We prepare to meet the Savior. We're preparing, and in the way we prepare, the way we prepare these days is we buy a bunch of presents for other people, right? We put Christmas trees up. We decorate the house. I'm not, I'm not a Scrooge, right? I'm not against, I'm not, I mean, we're not Scrooge. Uh, oh, yeah, Scrooge or a Grinch or I'm, I'm not that, right? Um, I, I like it. I like it. I enjoy it. I enjoy the season, you know? But we get so caught up with all the material things that come with this season as we prepare to give gifts that we forgot that this whole season was about preparing to meet the Savior that would be born. We are invited to respond to this gift. Matthew 1, 24 when Joseph had finished uh, speaking with the angel, right, in a dream, Joseph wakes up and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and he took Mary as his wife. Joseph had a choice to make. He could marry Mary or he could leave. Imagine all that Joseph would have missed out on. Imagine all that he would have missed out on if he would not have made the decision to obey. If he would not have submitted to the will of God, all that he would have missed out on. He wouldn't have missed out on the blessings. He would have missed out on the miracle. He would have missed out on being an earthly father to the Savior, to the Messiah. you imagine all the things that you miss out on? You. All the things that you have missed out on because you have said no to God. All the blessing, all the miracle, all the supernatural work that God have wa has wanted to do in you, through you, that you have missed out on because you have not responded with yes. I can honestly look back at my life and I can see the results, many, I can see the consequences of all the times that I've told God no. Like if we look back at our lives, we can visibly remember, we, we can remember the aftermath of telling God no. But we can't even imagine. We can't imagine what we missed out on if we would have said yes. We don't, I, I don't know. If I would have said yes to God 20 years ago, 30 years ago, what would he have done in my life? What did I miss out on? Like, like we, we don't know. I mean, we can look back and we see all the horrible things from our bad choices. We, we can see that. But you can't see what we missed out on. You don't know. <laughs> There's no way for me to ever see what I've missed out on. 
maybe another campfire conversation with God. God, if I would have said yes when you first called me, what would you have done with my life? If I would have never left and turned my back on you, what would you have done with my life? If I would have risen up and been the high priest of my home, what would you have done with my family? We don't know what we've missed out on. But I don't want to miss out on anything else. And I don't want to miss out on anything more. And so that's why I'm telling him yes. That's why I'm saying yes to the gift. That's why I'll take this gift of the Savior. Yes, I want to meet the Savior. I want to meet the Savior. I want to have a relationship with the Savior. Because I don't want to miss out on anything else. I want all that I can get. Yes, I'm going to be greedy. Give me anything you want to give me. Give me it all, God. Whatever's for me, I want it. Key word for me for me whatever's for me I want it we can't desire things that are for someone else (sighs) you know I was fortunate if you're watching if you're listening I was fortunate I mean oh I thank God every day that I was fortunate enough to have an opportunity to repent at his feet I had an opportunity to repent at his feet. I had an opportunity to turn away from, from the mess and say, God, I can't keep playing around with you anymore. I, I, need, I need a serious relationship with you. I need you to correct my life. I need, I, need, I, need to, I need to give you my life, surrender my life, my thoughts, my desires, my wants. I need to give it to you. I had an opportunity after saying yes. I had an opportunity after saying no to then say yes. But can I tell you something? Tomorrow's not guaranteed. The reality is that tomorrow is not guaranteed. We can be perfectly healthy, go to sleep, and not wake up. How many thousands of stories do we hear like that? You can be in your car and God forbid, never make it out of your car. Some people have gotten sick with COVID and have not made it through. As a church, we share our condolences with uh, Sinai Church on, in North Philadelphia where they lost their pastor. Pastor Thiru passed away with COVID. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. How will you know that you'll have a chance tomorrow to then say yes after you're saying no now? Revelation 20, 15 says, and anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life. Was thrown into the lake of fire. This is obviously an eternal death. We don't like to talk about this, right? We don't like to talk about this. 
you're going to hell. We don't like talking about that, right? If your name was not found recorded in the book of life, you were thrown into the lake of fire. This is eternal death, but Jesus came, the Savior came, so that he could offer us eternal life. Are you willing to receive this gift? Are you willing, to, are you ready to meet the Savior? All you need to do is respond with yes. John 10, 10 says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus wants to give you life. It's simple. We have a savior that wants to give you life. In closing today, in our preparation for the Savior, the question is, will you say yes? Will you say yes and accept Christ today? Everybody, well, no, that's not true. A lot of people celebrate Christmas. We're all about the presents and, the, and all the decorations. But not everyone has met the Savior. And today you have an opportunity to say, you know what? I want to meet the Savior. I, want, I, just want to, I just don't want to know about Him. I just don't want to hear about Him. I, I, want, I want to have a relationship with Him. I, I, want to, I want to get to know Him. I want Him to change my life. I want Him to set me free. You know, there are some of us that have accepted Christ, right? We did the prayer. We go to church for the most part. We read our Bible for the most part. We pray for the most part. But God is saying, I just want to know you. I just want to get to know you. Can you imagine a child, you being a parent? Can you imagine a child that just will check in on you just every once in a while? Like, you good? All right. Hey, Dad, you good? All right. Maybe mention you every once in a while. But any parent would desire to have a relationship with their child. Any parent wants to be a part of their child's uh, lives. What are you feeling? What are you going through? Are you okay? Do you need my help with anything? Is there anything I can teach you? Is there anything I can do for you? Any parent wants to do that for their child, right? Can you imagine our God, our Father, Father God, our Father? Can you imagine our Savior? He wants to be involved in your life. He wants to help you. He wants to be there for you. He wants, all he's doing is saying, I'm here. Will you say yes? 
Jesus. Preparing to be his instrument. Preparing to meet the Savior. Next week, we'll talk about preparing for history's greatest news. Preparing for history's greatest news. If you're watching right now, I want to take some time to pray with you. Just, just a moment. Again, the call is there. If you haven't accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you can do this today. I know this whole virtual world has changed things up because usually I would say, come up and I'll pray with you. And some of you are so far away that, you know, there's no way we can pray with one another physically. But all you have to do is type in there, I want you to pray with me. That's it. That's it. And if you type that in there, guess what? Not only will I be praying for you, but everyone who's seeing that, they too will pray for you. Because you know what? Accepting Christ today makes you a part of this family. Makes you a brother or a sister in Christ. Meaning you are not alone in this walk. Father God, right now we come before you. I thank you for your word that speaks to our soul. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your selfless life, for your sacrifice, for your choosing to put aside your divine privileges for us. To die like a criminal on a cross for us. Lord, right now reach and speak to each and every person that is watching right now, that is listening right now. Tug at their hearts. For those that have made a commitment to you, remind them of that commitment. Stir up in them the passion that they may have once had. And those that may be watching that may have not made that commitment yet, Lord, today is that day. Today is the day. Well, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the souls that are giving their lives to you right now. I thank you for the passion that you are stirring up in some of us stagnant, stagnant Christians. Thank you, Father, for reigniting a passion in us, a fire that will burn fiercely. in our walk so that we may tell others about you that we may share the good news that we may share our testimonies with anyone that comes in our path in Jesus name amen amen